Welcome to the Behind the Player Podcast. I'm your host and Survival Challenge Season 9 alum, Jason... That's not my name. I'm actually Season 4 alum and <clears throat> winner, Ryan Kaiser, who is stepping in for Jason this week as he has passed. I'm just kidding. He's just taking a break because the person that we're talking to this week was not someone Jason wished to talk to, so I graciously stepped in. Um, if case you're new to the podcast, like... Wow, how'd you find this? Um, Survival Challenge is an accelerated five-day version of the CBS reality show Survivor held in Macomb, Illinois each summer. Although the application window is now closed for the upcoming season, you can still donate or even volunteer to help with the game this coming July. And you can always find out more information at survivalchallenge.net. And without further ado, on a very special Behind the Player podcast, our guest is a player who no one is behind, Matt Culper. <laughs> Honestly, I was expecting that was that was more generous of an introduction than I was expecting, so it was pretty good. Well, it's called winging it, so yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, Matt, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing, Ryan? Um, great to be here as the I guess one who's taking the bullet for the team here and having to sit here for hopefully not too long with you. Um, I needed. Really? I needed. I, I made a special request to make sure you did. Yeah, you, Matt texted yeah. me. I was like, "Hey, I know you don't do these anymore, but can you do this one with me?" And I'm like, oh, "I wasn't groveling. I didn't." I, I didn't mean, luckily, it was like your game anything. was, you know, only like half as long as most people's, so it was easy. I figured it'd be a shorter <sighs> podcast, anyways. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Some might say I lived up exactly to the potential I was supposed to. <laughs> Anyway, I guess we're ready to kind of start off. I'm always curious, Matt, um, to kind of just ask people how they found out about Survival Challenge, because we all have like varying levels of, I guess, psychosis when it comes to Survivor and Survivor fandom. Sure. So um, I just kind of want to open up with kind of how you found out that or, about this organization and why you're, why you bless us with your presence. Uh, yeah. Um, Survival Challenge, and I guess the allergy community as a whole sort of came to me on the accident. Uh, about a year prior, I had uh, received like an Instagram DM uh, from people who were running an LRG uh, in, I think, uh, Arkansas. Uh, they had seen a like a throwaway Survivor audition of mine on YouTube, um, and were like, "Hey, you know, we do this thing. It's it's kind of like a Big Brother thing. It's you know." I was just like, "This is." This sounds good. It's my. I was really in the process of like putting a lot of effort into making like a good Survivor audition. So I was like, yeah, "Why not? This sounds fun." Uh, so it opened my eyes up to the LRG community, and then when I played that game, I expressed a lot of you know lo- love and fandom for Survivor and everything like that. And then they started to tell me about all the Survivor-based LRGs and um, which ones were good, which ones were eh. And everyone always talked about Survival Challenge sort of being like one of the most prominent ones. And I did some research about it and I was like, okay, it's it's long enough. I saw videos and podcasts and pictures and I'm like, oh, they have survivors playing it. It must be halfway decent, you know, if, if survivors are lending their time to it. Um, so I was like, all right, fine. I found out when the casting was likely to take place and sort of like prepared myself and what I was going to do for an audition. So I had a, like I had an audition video ready for Survival Challenge like a month before I actually submitted it. So I was, you know, really anxious and really gave it like the old college try of trying to include as much as I could because I thought it was as good as I could get to the, you know, 
to the real thing without actually getting on. So I was fully prepared and uh, I felt good about the audition I sent in. Nobody called me. Nobody interviewed me or anything like that. So I was like, oh, I'm, this is terrible. Well, I think that means it's like you're kind of like you were like a one and done, like slam dunk. I think, I mean, there's uh, the whole casting. I, I don't work in the casting team, but the kind of process is basically you kind of do the video, you apply, and then they do like they've they do like some, I guess you can call them callbacks. It's more so like we just have. Like, I think your, yeah, your year last year was, like, our biggest applicant pool ever. So there was, like, literally yeah. just so many people to choose from that, like, that one or two minute video just wasn't enough for so many. So they kind of had to, you know, make some calls. And, like, if there were, like, you know, four great people, but they all kind of fit that same, you know, archetype or kind of slot in the cast, it's, you know, how do we narrow it down? They ended up having to call. Um, so I guess, you, I guess you must have come across as someone, like, super unique and fun. Um, that, you know, was just an immediate like Surprise. list, or maybe this was like we already told everyone else no, and they just decided it. Well, I guess we can give Amanda a shot. Um, well, we're down to seventh and eighth replacements. So. Yeah, it's it's funny because I like I helped run the the social media accounts, and I ever I ever like seeing like you like for like the first to comment or like like every single one of our posts. I'm like, this guy sounds really excited. I hope he doesn't get his dream shattered in a month if he doesn't get selected. But I was I was rooting maybe for I was you as the. But I felt I felt confident when I clicked submit. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like you should, that's like best way to go. If you're, if, I mean, to go into playing survivor, like you have to be like confident, like I'm going to win. And like, I think it probably works the same way in casting where it's like, if you're kind of like, Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have a mess shot. Like, no, you have to like, give us like, tell us why you're the best person for this experience. And I don't, I don't think I saw your video, but I've, I assumed it was something to, it's, it's all this and more. It's all this and more. (laughs) Uh, so I should preface to like, I, so I am not, as I kind of said the mention at the top of the podcast, like I'm subbing in for Jason. Um, I think he's maybe still recovering from the Philly Eagles game on Sunday. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Um, so I am not a podcast host. This is going to be a very like off the cuff, kind of more conversational. Um, Jason is super great at having a really nice outline and I wouldn't say script, but just, you know, he'd. He's a pro at this, where I'm more the, you know, I'm used to co-hosting at that. So, uh, luckily, Matt and I are friends. This should be, it's pretty fun, easy, lighthearted. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's got his finger on the delete button every five minutes, ready to just say to hell with this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think so we can probably just, like, kind of shortly dive in. Um, so, obviously, you're, when you got the email at the end of March, um, what kind of, like, prep, or did you really do any, like, special special training or prep for survival challenge, or did you feel like you were, like, already good to go? I I took the time between when I found out I was cast and the start of the game, like, extremely seriously in terms of how I thought, at least physically, I could prepare myself and what kind of skills I could prepare myself for. Um, I'm pretty in shape from a physical standpoint i work out a lot i run a lot i exercise so like the physicality of it never really uh came into my mind as a as as like something i needed to strive really hard for i swam a lot in high school i was a conference champion swimmer i was excited about the fact that you know there was gonna be a lake there was probably gonna be water involved so i was like really anxious about that part it was all the like basic survival stuff that I thought maybe I could refresh myself on. I did um, outdoor adventure leading in college too. So I'd lead students on like backpacking trips and kayaking trips. Uh, I had to be medically certified. I had to know knots. I had to know how to start fires. So things like that, it just, I'd been out of practice with for quite a while. So like 
early parts of the summer. I was like outside with flint and steel, making fire. I was getting blisters already on my hands. Um, I think for me, it was really just examining how I come across as a person, um, which can be a little annoying, a little abrasive, a little loud, maybe quiet. So I tried to be as self-aware as I possibly could um, going into the game. I did a lot. Yeah, of- I think when I did see, well, I guess I think before, I think you send John and or someone in their casting team, like the little kind of like one minute intro that kind of goes into then like the kind of our meet the cast video that we post whenever the game goes yeah. live. And I remember, I remember you were someone who stood out from that. And like, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Where I knew you'd be, I was curious to cut, so you kind of play because I knew you. I figured you would be this like really dominant, assertive, like very loud, energetic, in a fun way um, player. But like I know you kind of like and like to play the game well. I think you had to like maybe tone that down. So I was really excited to watch you like, you know, bring that energy, but then like be able to like shift it to like really kind of also like play, but not like play too hard or anything like that. So um, yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand, like, my energy level at times is more than anybody should be able to handle <laughs> at all. Um, and not knowing the types of energy levels of the players that I'm going to be playing with made that whole balance uh, a little more difficult for me to anticipate. So uh, my wife's uh, advice was just don't be yourself. <laughs> so uh, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into at that point. But I, I think I really did as much as I possibly could to just be like introspective and be like, all right, what do I know people don't like about me? What do I know people well, it's also, like? It's also funny, too, because so like, you know, we only like know so much off of like a video or like a photo. But whenever, whenever I met you, I'm like, oh, he's like much shorter than I thought he would be in person. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know you got the whole like big man cult thing you got going. I'm like, oh boy, is this like loud, you know, giant jackass. I'm like, oh, he's, I think that, that probably almost kind of helps. I feel like, you know, you're like, what, like four, nine, four, ten. Is that how like, uh, a little, little taller than that. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, if you were like this, like, if you were like the personality you do and we're like this, like six, five, like giant, I feel like that'd be just like way too much to overcome. I think it's, I, I think you kind of, you know, you're kind of like, you can kind of like just naturally kind of bring that down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe just with- I'd settle for 5'10", but we can, we all can't be that lucky. <laughs> no, I'm I'm 5'7". I'm astutely aware of my size versus my personality and the energy that I bring. Um, and it's always been something that's like followed me throughout growing up. I've always been made fun of for being short, always underestimated when it comes to sports or literally just any activity whatsoever. Like people think I'm uh, I, I don't know, in, in like a group setting, being the short guy is always sort of like a weird thing. So I developed this weird um, process of like sizing people up. Like, how can I make sure I get one over on folks, whether it be physically or mentally, you know, always trying to be able to come ca- come back quick if somebody says something that I can you know, zing them with. So um, I feel like my wit helps to balance out the shortness but yeah, big man cult is a, is a is a big thing. Yeah, where, now where does that come from exactly? Just I don't know, I know the story. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm a very very big wrestling fan. Um, a buddy of mine, the year uh, it was like the year of COVID, 2020. Um, he won a WrestleMania trivia contest. Couldn't go because everything shut down. And between that time and the time uh, they were having the contest the next year they wanted WWE wanted him to film like all these videos of like him bashing all the other contestants and um, you know, wrestling promos on these folks. And I 
worked with him to sort of like craft a classic wrestling scenario of like the the wrestler talking smack and then having a big uh, looming bodyguard in back of him doing nothing, saying nothing, flexing. And that big bodyguard was me. Uh, but I stood on a milk crate and sort of, you know, all tongue in cheek about, you know, what wrestling is. And it became sort of like a thing on some of WWE's programming. And I really hammed up the big, the big man thing on social media. And it, it sort of became this weird recurring character on WWE. Um, And naturally when, you know, you're a big thing in wrestling, you, you make t-shirts so that's what i did uh, marketing 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 <laughs> merchandise um so i made shirts it was a thing a lot of accompanying instagram posts and social media videos and um you know that's that's what it became that's where big man culp uh spawned from <laughs> that's i think you got more like touched on the kind of like the physical prep which obviously i think you were like more than ready for it at least that challenge like, yeah. what was your kind of like you know strategic and social um perspective like going to the game like i mean i guess i guess we're like how deep of a survivor fan were you before this were you like have you been like watching since like day one were you kind of like a newer fan just kind of like diving in a lot of people like kind of think i think i think i feel like a couple from your cast were kind of like relatively fresh just like kind of having like binge it during covid um, there could have been there could have been a handful of like covid covid people but i definitely was a day one fan like ever since i was like 12 13 years old in eighth grade um i was like the only survivor fan of like anybody i knew growing up too so like it wasn't something like my family gathered around the tv to watch uh, survivor you know like nobody cared it was just me being weird about the things that i like survivor now getting included into that mix um so i it was just something i've always loved um fell in and out of with certain seasons and then i would say in the last five or six years i got to a point where i was just like why not me um, so I started, started making more concerted efforts to like actually try and apply for real. Um, so that's why Survival Challenge for me um, was just, uh, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime to to get a shot at something I don't know if I'll ever get a shot at. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll kind of like touch more on like the kind of like the community part of it too. But that was like kind of like was a draw for me because I was the same way like back in, you know, grade school. I was like, you know, like, you know, that was I, my immediate family watched like my mom and my dad, my sister. My like my dad and sister kind of fell out. My mom kind of mostly stuck around watching it for the most part. But like, yeah, I was like, you know, I I was eight when the show came out. But like by the time I was like, you know, thirteen, fourteen, like getting into high school, I'm like, the show apparently has like millions of people watching every week. I'm like, where are they? Because they don't live. Okay, I live in this little like tiny rickety town. So like that's just yeah. I guess me anyway. But um, I, I think that's kind of how I found like this. Eventually got to like the you know LRG world of survival challenge, but. Yeah which is kind of like finding, like, where do I go to find Survivor fans? I kind of went as online and kind of, you know, joined the message board and, you know, made some friends. Like, maybe I made, like, made some, like, online friends, really. That was kind of a, yeah. like, fun um, part about it. So, like, there's people there's people I still, like, have known for, God, like, over a decade, probably like, almost half my life. And, like, I haven't actually met them, but just, like, yeah. you know, we just, you know, we kind of talk about Survivor and we kind of learn about other things that kind of keep in touch, too. But um, it's, it's just, that's what I, like, I love about the Survivor community is you have, like, it's just, it's a really wide community of people that you just, you know, you all love the show, but you kind of just like find some cool things and meet some cool people that you wouldn't have any, you know, had any interaction with prior to or without oh, the show. So A hundred percent. Like for somebody who doesn't readily have like, like people around to talk to survivor 
or talk to them about Survivor with, you know, the LRG community sort of gives the gravitas to the game that it had like 20, 22, 23 years ago. Like this thing was the biggest shit in the entire world. Like TV guide covers people on the morning shows after who got it voted out. Like everybody wanted to know what was going on in these games. And that was a national global phenomenon. And it, it's sort of become a little bit more compartmentalized um in society yeah, it's, but, like, it's like the crazy ones have stuck around and just yeah, yeah now we just we, we can't get away from it yeah we keep the dream alive <laughs> all right so kind of, we can find it's gonna happen like more of the game now um so you find out you're going to the lustrous macomb illinois um mill of bfe <laughs> so like whatever you i think so you were I think you were told to just show up this location, like, you know, at a certain time of day, like kind of sort of standard gig. Um, when you roll up, kind of just, like talk us through like what your emotions were, kind of like what your just immediate thoughts were as you kind of just like made it to the, you know, the survival challenge location. Getting to Macomb, Illinois was like a survival. It was a survivor challenge in and of itself for me, because I was coming from New Jersey booked flights and trains and hotels and everything months in advance um, to be as prepared as I possibly could because I didn't want to go in tired, show up that morning, um, exhausted. So I think the game started on a Wednesday. I booked flights out of New Jersey the previous day on a Tuesday. And I guess the weather was really, really bad in Chicago at the time where I was flying into. And as I'm boarding the plane to go out to Chicago, the the flight gets canceled just no warning no delay no anything uh so i was like super panicky uh because you know i, I didn't know if i was going to be able to even get out there physically so i hopped yeah on. we've we've had we haven't had any issues or too many issues that luckily but there were there was one year i think it was 2018 where i think we lost one if not to like the day of because yeah. they were leaving that Wednesday morning and then their flight got canceled. I don't even think it was weather, it just was some random, you know, United Airlines being yeah. stupid. Um, I mean, I was I was lucky enough to rebook a flight a couple like two hours later, so I was able to get out of New Jersey. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think I think you're giving me like the updates because like shit, if he's not making that sucks. But yeah, I think well, yeah, 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 I was you, trying you're to... smart. I think mean, I would. I mean, some people, you know, they can't plan, you know, for whatever reason. But I mean, um, I think it's, I would always advise to like get in Tuesday. That way, if you have some crazy thing, you know, even if like your Tuesday plans get canceled or whatever for flight reasons, like maybe they'll leave something like first thing Wednesday morning to at least get you there by Wednesday afternoon. Where if you're traveling, if you leave your home state on Wednesday morning, it's like cross your fingers because if there's any sort of delicious ghost in your house. (laughs) No, that's a dog. Hello. Hello. Honey. 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 You can come in. We can edit it out. That's fine. <laughs> we're, we're, a, we're a dog-friendly podcast. Oh my god. So what kind of dog is it? Uh, a poodle. Oh, that's what I have. She's not even ours. We're watching her. Oh. <laughs> A random dog bust through my door. Um, it's all excitement here. Um, anyway, anyway, where was I? So I rebooked a flight to leave New Jersey, get into Chicago. Um, I was going to arrive in Chicago like 11 o'clock midnight, but there was rain over Chicago. They diverted the plane to Grand Rapids, Michigan. So we had to make an emergency 
landing in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because the flight crew had basically timed out. So here I am at like 12.30, 1 in the morning in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's just after the 4th of July weekend. There are no rental cars available. They had no place to put anybody up. They were not anticipating an entire displaced flight. Um, So again, really panicky. And now I don't even have anybody to like reach out to and tell where I am. So I went out to the front of the airport and just like flagged down the first like cab driver I could find. It was like, will you go to Chicago? And I think it was like a three hour drive, three and a half hour drive. And he was just like doing the math in his head. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take you. And then another family heard me and then they wanted to get in on it. So we all like carpooled uh, this, you know, family of three, myself and the driver through torrential rain from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Chicago, which probably added another hour and a half to the, to the, to the drive. And I had already canceled the hotel by this point. Cause I was like, I'm not even making it to Chicago show up at the hotel at like five in the morning, begging to just sleep or shower for a half hour. Um, and then still made the train out of Chicago to Macomb in time. So everything was fine. I was just, dead tired so the excitement of thinking i was going to be well rested and ready to go just went away but i didn't sleep on the pl- on the uh train down to macomb either so well i, I feel like fine. if i had like probably hard to sleep that night anyway just like, i know i know when i when i play like the night before i think i just like just like close my eyes and just like go the fuck to sleep we had to sleep and just it was, it was like so hard because like you're just like your adrenaline is just so high for like from like how i was i was saying where like i traveled the day before so yeah kind of like that, that that one like that whole day of traveling and then you get there, you're almost like ready to go. Then like, oh, I have to like sit here for like, you know, 12 hours. But it's like that anticipation. PSA, prepare for the worst uh, and then prepare for even worse after that. And you'll get there <laughs> totally fine. There you go. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely recommend doing a day in advance. And yes. And then you can see the city of Macomb or wherever. The sights and <laughs> We have, Macomb, there's, there's a Dairy Queen, there's a Wendy's. <laughs> And if you're I lucky, we'll actually, we'll actually store you there while you wait that, that day for like, because a lot of what ha- so what happens is we, um, for people who are like taking the train for Chicago, they'll like get in that morning and then we can't like, we know we say, and no one can show up till actually like game time, which is like around like four o'clock or so. So what we'll do is if you get into town at like noon, you know, you'll probably be taken to like, maybe like the, we just like, all right, you know, Matt, um, go sit at the Dairy Queen. There's no one there. We basically, we basically like kind of like spread people out. So that way there's no, like, we know, like, okay, Matt's at McDonald's. Someone's at the Buffalo Wild Wings. Someone's at Taco Bell. Um, so we like, kinda, we like literally have a list of like this, uh, like this, um, just like over our phones. Been, okay, like, you know, send this person here. That No, no, don't go there because there's already someone at that Dairy Queen or whatever. But just like, we're just like, you know, 20 something people just like kind of dispersed around. I got to hand it. I got to hand it to the production for being able to coordinate all the players with the uh, maxing out every business in Macomb, Illinois, <laughs> as as a place. Yeah, to I mean, I really, hold I, up I, feel, for I really feel like we should almost like. Oh, I think I think we, we kind of like almost we do sort of announce our presence each year. Like, oh, we're we'll back in that first week of July, so you know all the hotels are booked and you know restaurants will be popping. But Macomb, uh, Macomb is the Fiji of the Midwest. They really, really are. They've been great to us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to get holed up in, uh, Burger King for several hours, um, which me and Burger King before any physical activity is playing with fire. So I was already very nervous and scared. Um, but as soon as I got off the train, um, there was Hannah 
to escort me to the Burger King. And beside that, I was getting... <laughs> what a weird sense, Hannah, to escort me to the Burger King. Like, well, what, where, very, else, where else is that? <laughs> she had a very important job to do. She took it very seriously. So seriously, like I got off the train and right next to me was Adam Klein. Um, and, you know, Survivor fan goes off. I'm like, hey, Adam, what's up? Uh, I think I know what you're here for because I know Adam had played in the past and assumed he had something to do with it. I didn't think he was going to necessarily be playing. Uh, I was just excited that he was there. He had uh, his now fiance with him, Kaylee, who he was very eager to introduce to me. Um, and we exchanged pleasantries. We said, hi, hello. Um, and I could see Hannah out of the corner of her eye, like, darting headlights, like, get them <laughs> away from each other. Um, so she very, very kindly uh, moved me away and was like, let's go to the Burger King. Yeah. Hannah, um, Hannah's a teacher, so I'm sure she was great. Like, now let's all go over here. Let's go away from the stranger. <laughs> yes, she's definitely had, like, practice pulling apart kids from like dangerous situations and that's what this was um so she uh brought me over to the burger king and said i'll be back and you know several hours later she was back (laughs) so i was you know preparing for the game um in the lobby of a burger king and they were very nice i ate some food didn't want to eat too much got changed in the middle of it not really a whole lot to do um but just you know, prepare myself really. Yeah, I, I wish I don't think we've done it since we've been in Illinois. But like back in Maine, we would do a couple openings where people were like blindfolded. Um, so I think so probably like if if we had done that, we probably would have almost like. <laughs> if you had blindfolded me in the middle of a Burger King, I would have assumed <laughs> that was the challenge. I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh, John can tell you stories. I've only I've only heard the love the legend of our first season where. All players show up, they're, like, blindfolded, and then, like, Bob loads them up on this, like, big hay bale ride thing, take them down to, like, from, like, the property where they, like, checked in at down to, like, the challenge area. And just the image of, like, you know, Bob and this, like, this tractor full of, like, 18 people in blindfolds driving down this, like, back road country. Like, if had anybody passed, they'd just be like, what in God's name is going on? <laughs> I probably just would speed by, just like, I don't want to be a part of this. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we, uh, we do. We try our best to like make sure people like don't have any sort of pregame interactions or connections. Um, but I mean, you, you should know, there's consider. Only, there's only you one. Consider. There's only one train, you know, that comes into Macomb every morning from Chicago. So I mean, you know, odds are. But no, you're right. That I think I think we should do that. We, we should have people ready at the train station with blindfolds, earmuffs, and just like we're gonna go put you in a dark room for six hours till it's showtime. <laughs> you should consider blindfolding everybody and then putting them in the Burger King. And then <laughs> just, taking the just like no talking and like all right open your blindfolds congrats the game, game is starts now <laughs> let me just make this note for our we're in the middle of planning season 10s <laughs> yes you're welcome production i'm full of ideas <sighs> all right so you finally get there i'm sure you're eager to get the game going and then you yeah i had to sit in your car for a little bit longer um we kick off and there was no the, no the, the weather wasn't bad yet so we were able to like start on time which is a good thing yeah. um so you get out, and I think you're you think you'll only immediately see just your immediate group of four that we had you start with. Set of then, um, Missy, Francis, and Jordan. Uh, what's going? What are your thoughts there? Kind of like seeing them. It's like what what's your impression of like what's about to happen to you? And like, are you already like sizing them up? Or are you already thinking like you know vibe checking people just like by moving eyes? Or what's going through your head at that moment? Yeah, when we made our way over to the field, the four of us were 
uh, a fair distance apart from one another. We weren't allowed to talk. We were getting, you know, frisked and had our bags dumped out to make sure we weren't bringing in uh, anything we weren't supposed to. Um, and I was able to catch eyes with Missy. And from the distance, I I recognized her, but I wasn't like entirely positive. I was like, is that, isn't that? Um, and when I did, uh, you know, make eye contact with her, she smiled, I smiled. At that point, it started to register, oh shit, we're going to have survivors here this season. So that personally really got me excited because to me, that's the absolute like, best possible case scenario for a survival challenge season is getting them involved because that's what you watch coming in you're like that's what makes this game even more exciting than it already is um and then i was taking the opportunity to uh you know just i guess for lack of a better word size up francis and jordan and really just get an understanding of you know what they were doing with this time that we were meant to do nothing with um and really just try to stay loose and not come off like i'm you know, hard ass or anything like that. Um, size wise, you know, Missy was taller than all of us. So I felt fine about that. Um, but yeah, I, with the four of us, I thought, okay, they're splitting people up in a weird way. I don't know how this was going to work out. And yeah, we just sort of stood there. Yeah. So we think, we think the, cause basically the, the weird way I think you referred to is that you were like the one like man and that, you know, group of four. Yeah. Um, Which I did take account of. I thought, I thought based on the way the four of us sort of collectively looked, there was a little bit of everything uh, that made up our group. And I felt like it was very evenly matched uh, no matter, you know, which way you sliced it. So I was, I was pretty comfortable from just like a looks perspective that I, you know, had uh, a, a good opportunity to be a stable part of this four. Yeah. And again, this is kind of where it comes in like the casting process of like, we only know so much like we, I know obviously know the, these groups are going to be competing and some sort of challenges together against each other. Like we want to do our best to make it fair. Like we don't, I mean, like, you know, we're not like the show where we're going to set up, like have like one group or tribe be like the just dramatic, chaotic, you know, shit show tribe. Like, we want, like everyone we want here, you know, they're putting a lot of time and effort to be here and all, you know, also expensive getting there too. We're like, we want to be as fair as possible. So kind of having to like spread that kind of like balance of, you know, physical strength, mental strength, agility. And it's, it's really difficult to like do that from just like the limited knowledge we have. Um, I think, you know, it, it usually, it usually works out pretty well. Um, so we finally get the, you know, the green light to, you know, systems ago. And um, I think I, I was with you. So I handed you or someone in the group, the note of pretty much like, here's your note your instructions yeah. with what to do next go. Um, you know, at that point, basically kind of just like kind of walk us through that whole, just like, you know, opening experience, like what that felt like, kind of like you're finally playing, you know, survivor and like what's going, you know, how your bodies and emotions are reacting to that. I think at this point it was the moment where I realized like anything I thought I wanted to do going into the game just went out the window because of the excitement I had while I was there because you, you know, you, you threw out the, the note said, you know, game on, let's go. And I didn't want to be, the first person to touch it. I didn't want to be that person that initiated all of that. Um, but Missy well, sure thought, did you think it would be like a beware advantage or something like that? I, I didn't know. I just didn't want to be that standout person that was like, give me that thing. Um, and I know Missy was definitely not going to be the first one to do anything, uh, given you know just her history with this game and knowing what to do and what not to do to stand out. So my impatience, my natural impatience, um, 
<laughs> came floating up and I was just like, give me that thing. Let's go. Um, and then we read it and it took us on a trek through following our tribe reds colored flags throughout, um, throughout the woods, uh, all the while passing other tribes while we were doing that, who were doing the same thing, following their colored uh, flags. Um, I'm pretty sure that along the way we ran into almost every other tribe, except inevitably the green tribe who we would be uh, meeting up with at a later time. It's crazy how that worked out that way. It's almost <laughs> like it was planned. Um, yeah, did you guys, did you think to like ever like, did you like stop and do any chit chat or were you pretty much just like go, like we want to get to our, our destination at this point? I think, I think the competitiveness of Missy and myself and, by default, Francis and Jordan, we we kind of thought it was more of a foot race, honestly. We just thought, let's get to where we need to go as fast as we can. Well, if so, I recall, I, I forget the note. I, I want to say the note. I don't know that we framed it as a like you know first tribe to get to where they have to be. You know, wins. But no, I think, there I wasn't think, anything think, that implied. That. I think we kind of left it sort of vague, or we basically just to kind of see, like we wanted to see what people took it as, like we got to get there as fast as possible. Like which one saw like, you know, let's just like take a nice stroll here and like get to know each other. So that's, it's always that, 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 that fun kind of dynamic of like, who's going to like, you know, sprint and who's going to kind of like take it easier and, you know, be more observant or kind of slower to take. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of the intent of that whole design for that first yeah. challenge or opening. We definitely weren't like running, but we were taking our time. We, it was a very brisk walk. I'd say like we were getting to know each other along the walk. Um, and then when we would come up to another tribe, we didn't really stop to chit chat. We really just sort of waved, sized everybody up, really got an understanding of how everybody was. And some tribes were way more electric, electric than others in terms of how they greeted us. Other tribes um, completely bypassed us whatsoever. I just remember seeing uh, Dr. Matthew Brinkley, um, and he was so excited. He was very, very happy to say hello, see other people. I remember seeing his thighs, thinking to myself, I didn't work out enough coming out here. Um, so, you know, you know, body issues started going through my head. I'm like, this is a horrible start to my self-esteem. Yeah, he, he'd be a hard way to be like, oh, shit, that's my competition. Oh, right. There's no way. There's no way, man. Um, but every, th there were a lot of folks that were happy and energetic. And I thought in my head, like, maybe I won't be the loudest one here. Maybe I won't be the most colorful personality of the bunch. Um, so I th almost saw it as a good thing for me as we were walking. Right. So you get to what you, I think it was, you know, kind of labeled as like your camp. Um, there's a little like mini challenge there, which I think you guys, you guys did pretty successfully. Basically the, there's a challenge where you like line up these ropes and they you don't know, dig where the X mark the spot. Um, and I believe you earned an advantage for like what was said to be like a later challenge. Is that is that right? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, it was tying a bunch of. Um, there were five poles in the hole er, in the ground, and it was you had to wrap it around so that everything wrapped around once. And then once you had it in place, you could dig up at either end. Um, time started as soon as you touched the rope. We lunged for the rope. We had to say no, 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 wait. So we we like draw it out with our hands a few times, and I think we got it on the second try. And ultimately, we ended up getting extra um, kindling, um, I believe. So mm, right, yeah. So this is where the the survivor gods come in, and because um, basically our the plan was for you know I had to, I had to get to camp. Maybe spend like a small bit of time there, kind of just to talk to each other. But then we were gonna bring you back out to like the main challenge field where you hadn't been yet to do like the kind of like the opening like challenge where we can kind of see everybody else side up, side up against each other. Um, but it was raining really, eh, eh, 
it was pretty hard. I wasn't, I wasn't like a tsunami. Like, and back in 2018, that was like a tsunami monsoon that made that first night miserable. But right. um, there was enough rain. Long story short, the the challenge was a fire making challenge. So like, we can't run a fire making challenge when it's pouring rain. We just don't have you know the space to do it anywhere that's like covered. So we said kind of like, someone is like watching the forecast. And like, well, we can maybe do it like an hour. So we're like, all right, we're just gonna you know give them an hour at camp here um, which I you know was probably like nice for you because I feel like in that moment like at least for me it was more just like I wanted to like I when I was playing I want to get to camp and like I want to start like working on these relationships like it's fun to kind of like be running around doing challenges and yeah. stuff, but it's like you really want to like play the game or like you know the the game for me it was always just like the people part um it felt so intentional you- it felt intentional that we had that extra time but whether it was an hour or not so right I forget exactly what just get the being, but... just get the camp set up yeah the piss poor t- set up with our tar. oh yeah your poor little circus we were, tent. Um, yeah we were on a hill but we had the opportunity to really just sort of like shoot the shit and get to know each yeah. other yeah did you feel more. like i mean were there i mean there wasn't like you know that much time there but do you feel like you were kind of like did you like i know you mentioned like missy being kind of one like you kind of like i didn't end a little pre-game thing um uh, but was there like like, were you thinking in that moment, like, okay, this could be, this could be my tribe, or at least partially my tribe, like, you know, were you kind of thinking, like, all right, I need to go work at, you know, start with Missy, then kind of, like, you know, work with, like, Jordan and France at that point, were, were you thinking about, like, relationships, like, game at that point, or more just kind of, like, just take it easy, and, like, I'll wait till like, the next phase to really dive into that? I still thought it was extremely early to be jumping into any strategy talks right away. I think the opportunity for us to just... Uh, fanboy and girl over Missy being there was what took up a lot of our time really getting to know each other where we were from uh, hobbies interests you know the basic ABCs of getting to know folks um, explaining what our time what our experience was getting there um, really just trying to find like the commonalities uh, surface commonalities within the four of us and whether we said it or not I felt like that four was meant to sort of stay tied together in some capacities. So I, I, I think it was a lot of unsaid, let's stick together, um, which is a theme throughout a lot of my socialization for, for the duration of my time in the game was a lot of trying to intuitively understand if people were comfortable enough with me uh, as a person to want to work with me. Cause I, I am able to comfortably read like body language when it comes to folks and understand whether or not, you know, they're interested in continuing this conversation with me or they want nothing to do with me. So that's really what I was looking out for. And um, at this point, yeah, it was, it was raining a little bit. I already had cuts and everything from the walk over from thorns. So I was like, I couldn't have been, it could have been pouring at that point. I could have been already bleeding from my face. <laughs> like I was like excited to do anything. Um, so when we went up to go do the fire making challenge, I was like very, very eager to get it going. And um, yeah, we got a, got a chance to look at all the other tribes from an even further distance apart um, with Missy being there. I assumed other survivors were scattered throughout. Um, and then the big reveal, John Patea came out and said, welcome to survival challenge. And here's a fire making challenge. <laughs> Good luck. Um, now you said you practiced fire or you at least did. do have before. That's one thing that's always, blows my mind is i mean i i feel like most seasons there's been some sort of fire making whether it be like you know just sitting there making a fire like something that uses fire but like there's always people who just i think just don't think to like make that important forget or forget i mean just you know it's like it's low on the list of things to do but i always think you know i mean hey if there's a tie and i gotta make fire like i'm not going home because i can't make fire so 
always a note I always add to it. Just like it's a pretty basic thing to do when I you're even the, survivors. I, I think even the most novice survivor fan would assume that fire making is at some point going to be involved in that game. And if you know nothing about the game of Survivor and just know the concept, fire maybe sounds like it could be important. So I don't know what people's level of comfortability was with fire going in. I know for a fact that I had practiced with Flynn and I was like comfortable enough to like volunteer myself um, to start making that fire. So Jordan yeah, no, I know I, you didn't, you, your team didn't win, but were you, no. were you second or third? Or did you not place in the top at all? Or was that one or two? We, I, I, forgot. I, thought, I thought we had three. There were two top teams. There okay, were two there teams, the first two to get fire and uh, break through their twine. Yeah. It's uh, funny because I always like, you know, made. like as, you know, the producer that was kind of like, you know, works with each different tribe. Like mine was, my reason mine was kind of going to be like the, you know, web, what would later be the Webozo tribe. And so like, I kind of like was paired with the red group from the start. Um, but it's like, obviously we're, bi- or we're unbiased, but like there's always that kind of little like, you know, I want, I want my red tribe to do you know really well here. So yeah. it's like, Rooting for you guys, you know, evenly. There was nothing to root for. Like, we were, <laughs> I was kind of like, where's, where's the fire? <laughs> there's no fire. I mean, we, we were like, we almost got the fire, but I think we had just started like getting the, getting the shavings on so much that we were knocking the sand around on the platform and then everything was getting mixed up and everything was just a little bit too damp for us. We didn't take all of our kindling as well because we kind of wanted to have a little in case we got the opportunity to make a fire later. So, uh, you know, we put in the old college tribe, but we did not do it. And the, the tribes that did do it uh, did it very, very well. And those fires were very good. So kudos on them. They got advantages that would kick me in the butt later. Yeah. Now, when you saw the other, the groups, did you at all, because you kind of mentioned it earlier, thinking like, obviously, this probably isn't our full tribe. Like, you know, we won't be going to voting with at least only just these four. But did you kind of like, were you able to like pick out maybe or like have a guess of like who could be like your you know, your perfect match from across the field. I couldn't, I literally physically could not see enough of the people's characteristics to understand how they would blend in with ours. I did anticipate that, uh, uh-oh, we got to break in. I did anticipate that we would be combined um, with another group of four at some point, so we'd have the three groups of eight. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes, please. Thank you. They just, they just want to be on the... They just want to be on the, the Ryan Kaiser comedy hour. <laughs> anyway, break. Um, so I didn't really have the opportunity to like physically see the other tribes well enough to see how they would like match up with our four on red. Um, all I did assume was that, okay, there's you know several groups of four that we're going to combine. We'll make three groups of eight the math made sense i didn't know who we'd be ending up with though yeah so so with it you basically i think at that point we're pretty much done for the evening as far as you know events go um so you're whisked back to camp i think the rain continues at, at that point are you like starting to i mean except maybe you know if it were me maybe 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 would have thought that we would have gotten like our other half at that challenge but kind of going back you're like oh this is like this is like my four for the evening um, yeah. At that point, are you like kind of is your are your wheels starting to turn more, or are you still kind of in that mode of you know tomorrow we'll find out more, so tonight just kick back and we know. figured the next day we would get a lot more information and any sort of combination of tribes would take place then. So um, we we let the night take its course and we were all very very tired. Um, again, I think Missy helped set the tone because she got under the tent right away and went to sleep. Like buff over her face, snoring done. 
Um, I personally, having it been up for 48 hours at that point, was also extremely tired. And I think the trickling rains forced us to sort of get out of the tent for the rest of the night and just sort of hunker down. Had you ever done any like intense like camping like that before where like you were sleeping in the rain on just dirt? Not, not to, not with that, uh, level of non shelter. I had been uh, camping lots of times before that in normal tents where rain was coming down. I've been in storms and hurricanes and things like that under a tent. Uh, but none where I was like physically exposed to the elements like that. And that wasn't even the worst of it. So um, as long as I had like some semblance of cover, I was fine. Yeah. Now let me ask you, would you rather be wet at night or cold at night? Cause in Maine, I was, we were never wet in my year, but it was like 45 degrees. So like I, looking back, I think I almost preferred being cold. Cause like wet, just like you're yeah. almost wet and cold anyway. But I would much rather just being cold because once you get wet, you're you're not only uncomfortable because you're wet, but you're cold by default because the water will just naturally cool your body off. At least if you're just dry and cold, you can huddle up with everybody and, you know, attempt to make warmth. But being wet, uh, not a fan of, but that's all I felt <laughs> for right. the rest of my time there. Yeah. Well, it was interesting too, but kind of go back to like the, just so you know, the more like the strategic side of things too. Like, so traditionally survival challenge works the kind of way where like, you show up the first day, have kind of an opening event, you know, evening thing. The next day is all reward challenges. So you kind of you just have a lot more time to kind of like integrate and think strategically. And then like, you know, by day three is kind of when like the game sets in as like the votes. And so this, you know, this year to your guys' knowledge, there was, we actually were switching up and making that second day a lot more important. Yes. Um, so, we... like, so basically, I think we kind of like pretty much covered like most of what happened that Wednesday night. But then like Thursday morning, you wake up, you're whisked away to the field again. Um, it's a beautiful Sunday. Wait, no, it's still raining. Um, sure. You finally, we kind of we bring out the, you know, reveal that, you know, we were going to be appointing new tribes. Um, you're paired up with your other four from across the way, which ended up being the tribe that actually won the night before. Um, it had been Jason, Alex, Cam, and Melanie, I believe. That's correct. Yeah. So, uh, um, so- what, 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 were, what were your thoughts about, were you excited about the group? Were you kind of like, were you like, you know, hoping like, can't maybe like, you know, seeing who could potentially be your new friends at this point. Yeah. I think when we were given the buffs and combined uh, with that green tribe to ultimately form uh, the original yellow Bozo eight, Wobozo eight, I, you know, I don't know these people from anything. So there's only so much initial thought I can gather from a lot of folks. Um, I knew I was one of the smaller guys. Um, I felt like I was, you know, in shape enough to be a physical asset. I was trying to just be quiet and take in the conversations. But it was, again, a lot of pleasantries. Nobody really jumping at the bit to make that first move. And especially going into a challenge right away, we really didn't have a lot of time to get to that point of conversation. We were just sort of like, okay, barrels, here we go. And it's pouring yeah. rain. And John did and John did reveal that, that that for the first time ever, we were voting somebody out that evening, correct? Yes. John said that by the end of the first night, um, the tribe that did not have the most points from the day of challenges that was ahead would end up going to tribal council and voting somebody out. Um, he did not mention anything about the winner necessarily of that tribe. Um, or maybe he did. I think he, maybe he did. Maybe he mentioned that the winning tribe would be able to grant immunity 
uh, to the losing tribe. I mean, you know, and when so, you're like sleep deprived and hungry, a lot of what John says goes in one one ear and out the other. So I don't. I don't that's true. If you don't that. catch it the first time, you're never going to catch it. <laughs> there was half the challenges he'd explain. I'd be like, "Okay, great. What are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, no idea, no repetition whatsoever. So but did that, we so got that kind of like shift the tone all because you know, probably going in that one and the other. Like, okay, I've got I've got at least like 24 plus hours to really like find my way here. Um, did that like set? a different tone at all like oh crap i have to like make sure if we're on the losing side of things like i'm not gonna be the first one out so i have to like you have to i mean i would assume that that like light at least a small fire to like kind of start having those conversations which is what we did by design um because like, i think just typically you know that that first day of survival challenge is kind of more like there's there's stakes you want to like win the rewards or win the challenges but there's not that you know like that for me like the game it gets real when people start going and it's like they're gone um so i feel like we, we kind of wanted to like bring that twist in we still want people to have like a really fun experience it'd be like it'd be hard to ever send someone home on like that f- first day where it's like you're there for four hours in tribal count like that'd be that'd be really yeah. really harsh but you know sometimes we're kind of we are that harsh um <laughs> but this year we just kind of want to see like what the dynamic did as far as like we wanted to make reward day no longer just woohoo reward day but like we wanted to make it so like there's stakes here and we wanted to see you know, who took those stakes seriously and who started, like, you know, playing the game at that point versus waiting until the next day. Um, so were you, were, did, that, did that shift at all for you? Um, or did you feel like you were probably, like, you could probably avoid the first being out, so let's still kind of just, you know, take it easy here. I think the notion that by the end of that day, a loser was going to have to vote somebody out, like, we, like, all that competitive juice that, you know, ignited within our tribe that came alive the rain certainly added to the hype of it all because between missy hyping everybody up that getting me energized that getting jason energized and like it just spread like like a virus like we were all just we have to win um and that was sort of the attitude throughout the entire day um and (laughs) it, it 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 probably helped in the midst of the first challenge too, being that it was like a torrential downpour and we had no idea what we were doing with the barrels. Um, so we were really just doing everything we could to muscle through that first one and hope that we didn't get last. Like for us, as long as we didn't get last, we felt like we were winning. Yeah. I think I recall, I mean, I think I can't remember if, but you know, we had like kind of like, you know, several challenges did like a longer, like what will lunch break for us um and kind of like finish out the day but I, I think i recall like your tribe was pretty comfortably near the top or at least in kind of that first or second range um where i think maybe like maybe by half day you maybe kind of felt that like it'd be really hard for us to like lose out at this point throughout the first day we were either in like the first or second position i think the only time we got third was an eating competition and by that point um it, it was a non-factor whether we lost or not. If we were going to lose anything, we were totally fine losing that one. Yeah. How was that food challenge? Because we always love having a staple gross food challenge. I feel, like, I feel like that's what people always ask whenever, like, about the survival challenge. Like, oh, it's, it's did you sleep outside? Did you have to eat something, eat bugs or eat yeah. something gross? Or did, I think there's, like, like, a third thing that I'm forgetting. But, like, I feel like, like you think of Survivor, you think of, like, oh, gross food, what you guys have to eat? Like, that's kind of like eggs a, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, the food challenge at the time, I thought to myself, I could probably use the protein. This is maybe coming in at a good opportunity for us to get some energy back. Um, but dry crackers and hot sauce, uh, 
what were they sardines and then yeah they i think if they were like um, things that i had to like i had to help prep which i usually avoid i'm like i'm not there's one there's one thing i'm not doing is helping with prepping the food challenge um yeah. but we yeah it was you know we were all hands on deck at that point but yeah i think it was like yeah was that was it hot sauce and like sardines like that like marinated in hot sauce or like oh god hot sauce sardines dry oyster crackers and dried crickets with an optional drink of like seltzer oh clamato juice yeah yes um (laughs) which was necessary i think to get it down but not what's well, funny because yeah i think i know when you we were like prepping the plates i'm like this isn't like the crackers are just like wait crackers aren't gross but like it they wasn't so much part. the gross it was it's the difficulty of, i mean if you ever had to like try to do like the saltine challenge like it's it's hard to get down that was kind of what the you know idea was behind it where it like wasn't gross food it's just like it's it makes your mouth just like a desert I think by the end of it, I was in the middle of my third plate thinking to myself, there's no way this is easy, that easy for everybody else. But I think Javin had done six or Isaiah had done six. They had tied. Um, I was not about to eat more than I had to. Missy and I were fighting over the the puke bucket by the end of it. So, I I mean, it ended probably the way it should have with everybody sick and rolling on the ground and not comfortable. Yeah, I think the food challenge was my that was my that was like literally my biggest fear going in because pri- like I think prior at least at least the first two seasons the food challenge or like there was I guess it maybe might have been season one or season one or two there was a food challenge where like it was, it was post merge and the last person to like finish the thing the first round was like out of the game so like I was nervous that like they would do that because I just I am a picky eater I can't eat anything remotely gross like even like at Thanksgiving I'll have like all my food like not touching it's just like I, like food mixing it just like grossing me out but oh, you're so, the life of the party like, then hmm you're the life of the party oh phew, yeah no i just i drank um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fruit salad for liquid form um but no it's like i feel like gross food like if it was like reward challenge i'd probably be the same way as you'd be like ah, i don't know if i need to win this and like you're kind of like way like is it worth making myself sick to potentially just get second place here anyway? Like, yeah. Don't I get me like... wrong. I wanted the food. I wanted something in my stomach mm, because truly yes. at that point we had had nothing. Fortunately, Mel was very astute with the surroundings and was able to identify like berries off trees that we could eat throughout the day. Uh, so we were literally like, <laughs> you know, like harvesting tree fruit to try and keep our energy up. And that did come in handy. Yeah. Um, I guess my warm know that maybe I've lost my thought, but um, <laughs> we don't have to go through like every single challenge. I like, kind of what were, what was like a big? I know I, I think there was one challenge that stood out that day. Um, was there anything else before that one that was like kind of just like a you know had like a fun moment or kind of just memorable thing for you? I think uh, earlier in the day there was a there was a basketball challenge where uh, mm, some of right. us had to wheel a cart to get balls from around the field and then shoot baskets. And then the next group had to then take that cart into the uh, lake, paddle it to go to buoys, dive down and uh, retrieve balls that were um, tied to the bottom. That to me, there's always balls to retrieve in survival challenge. Always balls to retrieve. Um, (laughs) balls. Uh, I, I personally really liked the challenge. I, I knew it would be an opportunity to be in water, which I felt very comfortable with and felt like I could be really, you know, a standout, um, for the tribe in that regard. But that water is deep. And I know a lot of people have already said it. Um, 
you know, it, it was, it, it felt like 10 or 15 feet under the water. It was a locking carabiner. So you had to sort of unscrew it first. And once you recognized that you were already out of breath and had to come back up. Um, I you get bit by any fish. I was, it was one time I've been in there for like a dream team day and I swear I got bit by a fish. <laughs> I think I was moving too much for a fish to like pay attention, but um, I think either Mel or Alex had mentioned something swam against them. Uh, so there's something living at that lake. I don't know. Probably John knows. Um, but we were, we were going hard and I felt, you know, that was a good opportunity for us as a team to really, you know, tap out of things that we knew we didn't have the opportunity to do physically. You know, I tried to go down. I was out of breath. I think Alex went down. He was able to get one of the buoys. He felt really, really good about that. I know he was comfortable in water. Um, we had the opportunity to get Cam off of the uh, platform we were pushing him on. He went down and retrieved one or two himself. Um, and the rest of that challenge was me just like rebounding Cam's uh, shots, which was fine for me because I felt like from a stamina perspective, I was comfortable in the water. I was able to keep swimming and retrieve the balls. And I was able to throw them to him without like missing. So I felt like we had a very good lead. It was a very dominant performance. Uh, I felt good about it. Um, and throughout the rest of the day, um, it was just a lot of, you know, big wins for us. I, I think that helped to cement the energy that Wobozo as a tribe was able to obtain. And once you get on a winning streak like that, it's really hard to shake that high. Um, I know that we had downtime throughout the day to do strategizing in between challenges. And it's sort of, you know, it, it, it caused everybody to sort of fiddle with the idea of starting to talk to one another. Uh, but I think personally, the excitement of winning, the excitement of still being there, clouded my ability to be as strategic as I would have wanted to naturally. Um, so I, I leaned a lot towards Missy and Jason, um, just from that competitor mindset. Um, I had already sort of established um, a connection with Jordan that morning too, because I think we were basically in the mindset of, do you want to do this? Like somebody had to say something to one another. Um, and she was like, I think, you know, I was waiting for you to say something. I want to work with you. Great. So at that point I had, you know, a ride or die that I could work with. So I felt at that moment that I had enough close knit relationships to sort of fall back on the winning of the day which was maybe a little short-sighted on my part but again the excitement and and certainly missy being like in everybody's face screaming and and getting everybody riled up uh yeah sort the, of distracted. the, the wobozo bozos were definitely like the i think the entertaining tribe just from just purely just watching you all compete was i think was really i mean yeah and and major part due to missy too just like that like that energy yeah it just was like it was fun to again we're not like you know, wishing one tried to be better than the other, but it was just, like, a cool, like, thing to watch. Like, this, you know, a group of eight strangers just come together so quickly and have this really fun, you know, celebratory mood. It's just, like, it's a really cool thing. And that, and that, and that does bond. I think I think losing and winning bonds you just in different ways. So especially, yeah. I mean, winning's obviously the more fun way to be bonded. Um, but yeah, did you feel like... So you kind of have, like, your little moments, like, between challenges to kind of, like, socialize or talk amongst yourselves... Um, I think most times when I was down, you know, wa over watching you guys, it was seemed like it was more just, you know, everyone in a circle, um, you know, which, which is probably standard. I mean, it's hard to 
Yeah, we weren't we weren't breaking break, away right. or doing anything like that. I do know that anytime anybody really had the opportunity to talk to Mel, Mel was like all strategy from the get go. She was like ready to engage in 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 game talk as soon as you guys as as soon as you engage a conversation with her. So, um, for that perspective, I was always a little wary of knowing how well to work with her because I knew she would always be having the wheels turning about what was going to happen next. So I took that level of, you know, go-getterness when it came to strategizing a little bit more seriously where everybody else was sort of just going with the flow. Um, And again, I think that has a lot to do in part with our winning. It sort of just didn't, it didn't register for us that like, the severity yeah the severity yeah. of what the game was in theory was was looming right now you kind of mentioned you kind of like you, you kind of like connected with jason over just the kind of competitive athleticism there but like how, how about like um cam and alex like what kind of like was there any initial impression there because you obviously had met like you're for you know you may mentioned some weariness toward melanie so maybe camaraderie with jason how did how did cam and alex like first come across to you and their first impressions that day Cam and Alex came across to me as very, very intelligent. Um, I think Alex had expressed, uh, a, you know, a, a fandom of Survival Challenge in general um, at some point, and that he was really, you know, successful with puzzles, and and you know, he just carried that. Was he forthright with the with just how much of a Survival Challenge like super fan? I guess he was. I mean, he's, obviously, he's famous for this giant notebook of like every yes. like Survival Challenge fact you could possibly have. Um, was he open about that or did he kind of like hold that back for strategic reasons? I mean, he definitely didn't come out with the fact that he had a notebook dedicated to the entire game. I think he alluded to the fact that he had seen seasons and he was a fan and, you know, being a survivor fan, that's just saying you're a survivor fan in that setting is like enough for anybody to sort of just like, you know, understand where your head is at. Well, yeah, and it, always, it, it always is interesting because not everyone, there's people who've played that will come out and be like, oh, I'm not like that big of a fan. I just, I watch a couple episodes. Or, like, they, they try to like downplay it and I'm like, no one is. You know where you are? We're all nuts. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is, this Literally is a safe... playing for prime. Yeah, this is, a... A, this is a safe space to become a Survivor fan. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I think, like that was like me. Like I, I anticipated that there'd be a lot of like super fans like me there. Yeah. I didn't know that I would still be like the even like craziest of the crazies in terms of like super fandom level. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for me, it was like, I think it was like, it was going to come out anyway. Like what it's, I would, I'd rather not have it be like something that slips out or like, you know, is like made aware of and like a challenge. But I'd rather, I, I would lean toward the side of, like we're all fans. So there's no point in denying that because you just, you wouldn't be here if not. So I think people who, there's obviously you want to like downplay just how like good of the game you might be, but I think it's like part of it, it just bonds you too to like have this thing that you all love and talk about. Where I think if you try to like you know downplay it too much, it just like it kind of kind of it's like shady. Yeah. So just like, realistically, I think it's, it's it's the easiest way to get common ground with a bunch of strangers that you don't know, but like you do know what you're there for, so it's not hard to throw out Survivor fandom as something you can all bond with. Um, I did not know to the extent of their fandom, um, you know, Missy notwithstanding. Um, I and, and Cam was the same way, big fan, um, very intelligent, be, was able to see everybody's physical strengths throughout the day, mental strengths as well. Um, we were able to uh, 
take accountability for one another if somebody, you know, needed to remove themselves from a challenge and get sub somebody else out in. Everyone was very honest about what their strengths and weaknesses were. Um, so I think from that honesty amongst us, there was a little bit of natural trust that took place. Um, I don't, I didn't, and I didn't see anybody as like overtly strategic um, with the exception of Missy, who I knew, you know, her, her brain is just wired for this game. Um, Mel, who had clearly made it apparent that she was down to strategize any and all times. Um, I didn't, I figured the timidness of folks like Francis and Alex and Cameron uh, were also the types that were doing a lot of thinking, even if they weren't doing a lot of talking. And then Jason, I just felt was like, was me in a lot of ways. He was just happy to be there, really into, you know, making the connections and relationships and sort of just like letting the thing pass him by. So, like, I, I I can speak for myself when I say, like, so much of the strategic aspect of the game just breezed by my face because I was so excited. And I think Jason was the exact same way because he and I bonded without even taking into consideration, like, our original four. And it, was, that, it wasn't so much yeah. like a game bond more than it was just a personal bond. Yeah. Yeah, I felt very close to him in that regard, too. So the remainder of the day was really just, for me, making sure the connections with my tribe were were strong enough to feel united with the winning that we were doing. But for me as well, I was also taking a little bit of a strategic approach by trying to make whatever connections I could cross tribe. Like if I had the opportunity to talk to somebody in the midst of a challenge from another tribe, like I, I tried to connect with Molly before the water challenge, because I think she said she was a swim coach or had done swimming in the past. So I was making those connections. I had talked to um, Kaylee, Callie, Javin and Denise earlier that morning. So I was trying to establish those connections. Um, you know, I was just trying to think of myself Already being an emerge scenario, making yeah, because survival challenge is unique in that you know we, I feel like there's like a, been like an international season that's done some sort of kind of like communal area or like you can kind of like mingle with other tribes, but like basically yeah we have like we have like you know a single watering hole, um and there's really no rule and until like it becomes like too dark and dangerous to go there alone at night, but like for and generally you can yeah you can you have opportunity to like kind of talk to other tribes and you know two you're either strategic benefit or detriment because obviously if you're like if you're seen talking too much that's gonna look bad for your current tribe um it's kind of like you know give and take where like you're maybe setting yourself up for some connections post swap or post merge but maybe hurting your standing in the beginning um that's always a kind of fun it's always fun for us to kind of see like who is doing that or who's holding back and you know just sticking to their tribe and hoping to not come across as someone who's going to flip or work with other people but um I know, We're all a bunch and, and of rule followers. We didn't want to step in. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I took like every opportunity. Like, if, if I was like ever like, um, I don't think I ever set out of a challenge, but like, if we were just in a point where like maybe I was like by the puzzle station where a tribe was doing whatever else, and like the other the other tribes puzzle people were there. It's like I would just kind of like make small chit chatter commentary, and it's like every moment you can find that um, you can because the game is so short and accelerated. It's like I think it's important to you know. Yeah, and so just having to sit there in awkward silence on the bench, like be like, "Hey, like, what's going on in your game right now?" And just kind of like, you know, extend that. Um, I thought it was clever to like look at other tribes too, because like we had done so much winning that day that the other tribes were basically battling each other 
to stay out of that last place position. So I was trying to get a read on like body language of who might be on the outs or who people are talking to and leaving out of conversations. Yeah. So I was really did you get trying any to sense get a, of that. Like, did you kind of like, were you able to pick out a couple of names that like, I might not see them tomorrow. I couldn't, I'm honestly, I could not. And it was tough because I, I really wanted the opportunity to see, you know, who was congregating around who, because we made it a point on Wobozo to stay relatively all together. Um, and then other tribes somewhat the same too. I, I don't recall exactly, but you know, I think they were just a little more downtrodden than we were. So maybe there was some more intricacies going on about who may or may not be a liability for them. Um, all knowing that if we continued the winning streak, we would have to advise on you know, somebody being immune that night. So we were taking that in consideration. Um, yeah. Yeah. So one of my, one of my kind of go back to the challenges too. So one of my favorite things to watch, not participate in is the food challenge, but then I also love a good blindfolded challenge too. Um, that was the next I, day. That was the next day. Wait, that was, that was Friday. Friday. I, that was I, Friday. Why do I think you were bleeding the first day? Oh, well, okay. Cause I probably I'm was, was bleeding for the first day. Too. Maybe, maybe that's a different hole. <laughs> I was, <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Balls and holes, Ryan Kaiser show. Okay, so what? The, I swear that anyway. Okay, I thought that I thought that was pre immunity day, but okay. So I guess nothing crazy eventful happened for you during the challenges on Thursday. Um, well, so the guys, whole tarp thing happened, which everybody has talked to the high heavens. Um, yeah. Oh, the great, the great auction. The. Uh, Carpgate, the uh, yeah. the dart blowing and all that stuff. Um, you know, we we ended up not getting nearly as much as we could have gotten, considering we had won the the day. I truly, mean, Chad Chad wanted to make a deal, and no one no one took him up on it. <laughs> it's it's partially my fault for lighting the fire on that one because when we tried to huddle up and determine how we were going to get the tarp from from um, what was it a pony. Okay, yeah. Um, I had I had uttered that you know we have something to make a deal with. Like we we do have the ability to give immunity to one of these folks, um, and Missy took that information and just sort of blurted it out and tried to grab folks to make them you know fight amongst themselves for who could possibly you know give it a walk, give it all away for immunity, and rightfully so. Chaz uh, Chad was. Um, not having it he made the right decision for his tribe trying to keep that tarp uh in their camp and made the comment that ronnie barda would never make that type of move and that pissed missy off and then everybody was yelling at one another and uh the 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 day of reward challenges ended us ended up with us leaving with you know a bag of rice and um i don't know maybe a pot but it's, it. it's funny, like, what, I remember, because um, Rick was able to kind of, like, go back to us to the camps and just kind of, like, see the, you know, what camp life was like at Survival Challenge versus Edge of Extinction. Um, and, it was, and I love that so much because, like, that whole the Tarpgate thing went down and he went back to camp. And, like, Wobozo was, like, we need to get back to like, the Wobozo camp tonight. And like, that was, like, the immediate thing that you guys were talking about. Like, you know, oh, that's this fucking guy and, like, his, you know, the whole you know, trade, not trade kind of deal. And like, I mean, Rick and I are both just like giggling. So it was just like a live up close and personal, like view of like this drama that you get on survivor, like people like mad about something where like he wouldn't. And it's like, you think a bunch of like, you know, super fans playing a like fun game out here. Wouldn't be like too like cutthroat or like, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm saying like personal, but it's like you don't expect that kind of like as much of that fire as often. So whenever you kind of get those moments like that, that really kind of drive it. Like, yeah, I, I could see why you know people go off on each other on TV because you see little things. You know, like your life is this game for that for however long you're there, where you kind of yeah. feel like it becomes like a personal attack. Like, how dare you? Leave us out of tarp the night, you asshole. Exactly. We knew it was going to be raining. We were already tired. We were already hungry. Like, we were pissed off before anything happened just because of all of that factored in. So knowing that we were kind of screwed going into the evening, even though it was like several hours away still, um, it was a heated discussion. And we just sort of internalized that, took it back, and bitched a whole ton amongst each other while we so- had another challenge to do. Oh, the uh, the go fishing or fishing, what we called it, fishing. We didn't actually get any fish. But. No, that that was a bust on us too. Jordan came back telling us that we had to run down to the lake and fill up uh, water and all this stuff. We didn't know anything was, you know, at the end of all of this. Like she didn't allude to the fact that um, there was some sort of reward as a result of it. Um, I think maybe she had already known about that, but. None of that was conveyed to us, so we thought we were running a challenge. Figured we'd get something at the end of it if we won, but I think we just started going, 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 and we paired off. I think Missy, Jason, and I started running first, um, or me, Jason, and Cameron. uh, One of those three. Whoever had the most energy really just started going, and we started running. My feet were killing me by this time. Um, We had to basically plug up all of these cups that had holes in them, take the water uh, back from the lake, which was about a half mile, run it back to a water jug, fill it up. There was a bobber that would come up and presumably at the end, uh, there was an idol, but we did not know that. So we didn't know what we were playing for. Um, we really just sort of saw the effort that the other tribes were making and called it early (laughs) for us and took the opportunity to just walk and schmooze and if we had the opportunity to talk to each other great this was the breakout time that we had the opportunity right and we kind of we kind of figured that's what it would be is like another you know, beast so there's only a certain amount of people allowed to go on each run to the watering hole um so was, that's what we were looking for but all right now it's the fine time where we're like we're gonna see these little like interactions take place yeah. and people break away maybe maybe the same people keep breaking away together each time we're like okay maybe, maybe they're a pair or if there's maybe a decision to you know, go with someone else each time we get like someone new. Like, what was your kind of approach? Like, did you? Because I think that, I don't think there was a limit of how many times you could go. No. It was just a matter of you could only go with like two or three at the most. Like, were you someone who wanted to like stay back more, or were you wanting to kind of like mix and mingle with like different combinations of people throughout the whole thing? I I wanted to go as much as my body could physically allow me because not only would it have given me opportunity to talk to folks on my tribe in a more contained capacity, but also I'd have the opportunity to mingle with tribes along the way, assuming that they'd also be doing some walking and talking as well. So, uh, you know, I had gone out, uh, I, in my mind, I had already kind of established a good relationship with Missy and Jason, and I had Jordan back at camp that I was close with throughout the day. I think, uh, Alex's anxiety and, and worrisome nature uh, peaked throughout the day too. He doubted himself a lot. And that's like the human element of Survivor coming in because I don't want to see somebody like that. I myself being a very anxious and nervous individual can relate to that. So trying to calm him down, give him a lot of confidence. He was, you know, a, yeah, everybody kicked ass uh, throughout that day, especially him when it came to certain challenges. So I wanted to emphasize that for him. And I think that 
bonded us in a, in a, in a way. So I took him under my wing and wanted to keep his confidence levels up. And throughout the walk, um, I had the opportunity to be with Jason and Cameron. And this is where sort of my intuition into forming relationships maybe uh, left a little on the table to strengthen a bond with Cam, because I think Cam would have appreciated something a little more concrete and vocal and that, hey, I think the three of us could, you know, you know, group up and, and be strong together. Cam wanted a little something more straightforward. I was pretty comfortable with Cam just from the time together with him. So I didn't feel like I was uh, missing out on an opportunity. Again, one of those times where you don't want to, you think you're being too forward by vocalizing it, but at the same time, you don't want to say too much. Maybe they'll want to initiate the conversation. So two people who don't want to say anything, but thinking the same thing, um, it's, it's, you know, the lost in translation piece of Survivor. Were you thinking at that point of any like green versus reds? Or were you like kind of looking at Jason to like pull him in? Or maybe just kind of like clean slate, let's just build an alliance. Obviously, in a group of eight, you want like ideally at least five to have a solid majority. Um, Was that like original red plus Jason? Or was it kind of like a combination of people? Like, what were you thinking as far as like how do I, at this point, like you need to build an alliance, at least some sort of bond to like get you through? Uh, like what was your what was your gain of this one? Like maybe even had that had that night been the vote for Robozo, where were you kind of already leaning as far as first vote out potentially? First vote out potentially. I the f- I'm sure Green had the same mentality, but the four red obviously I thought we were in the mindset where let's try to stay as four as possible. And because of Jason's connection with Missy. I felt like he was a shoe in to bring on as a fifth if we needed to swing somebody our way. So I felt confident enough with that five if something traumatic happened that very moment. Um, but that also didn't make me skimp on trying to keep the connections with uh, Alex, Cam, and Mel. Um, I think if it, you know, I didn't have a clear perception of who would have gone that night because I think we were just so far gone from thinking that, um, that it wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. I think if it came down to it, maybe I would have gone Mel just because I saw how strategic she was playing. And, you know, even when it came down to who we were thinking of giving immunity to that night, you know, she was very adamant that, you know, let's give it to Michelle. Historically people target the older, uh, older folks, um, that would typically be gone. So I, I really appreciate if we gave it to her. So like she was, she was already thinking very strategically about how she wanted to make this something different. Um, so it was always in the back of my mind that she could have been more lethal than she gave. Were off. there were there conversations that more happened overnight then, or was it really in the morning where things started shifting toward like the vote? I think the night for us, uh, I, we, it was a lot of paying attention to the groupings of the day because I know when we laid down that night, it, it sort of paired itself off into the, the, the pairs that ultimately would be the closest to one another. I ended up sitting next to Jordan. Jason ended up sitting next to Missy. I think Alex and Cam, uh, Francis and Mel. I, I think... In my head, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was just trying to find the least muddy part of the ground. Um, but, you know, 
people do a lot of overanalyzing for every situation that is in this game and sleeping arrangements are definitely something that was not a part of my immediate thought process. I mean, um, yeah, the whole, I think, I think it's Boston Rob that kind of coined the whole, like, you yeah. know, watch it you sleep next to with, but it's totally true. Oh, because it's totally you, true. You, and I mean, it's not even like even by choice, you're kind of, you're just like subconsciously being like, Hey, I want to talk to so and so, so I'll just like sleep next to them, and like that's you know that's what drives it. And then it's it's um, wild how you can watch this game for twenty three years and, and obsess over it, and then when you're dropped in it, you just like boo, you lose all sense of you know how you think you'd play this game. Um, so it's really hard to strategize, and some of those fundamental things to look out for, um, depending on the elements, depending on what you've gone through that day just don't come as naturally as you would like them to in a normal situation. So the night for us was um, quiet. There were probably whispers and, and, and a lot of chit chat going on in, in smaller groups. But I think ultimately, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of downtime before the rain started that night. And because of the fact that we didn't have the tarps, uh, we were up and and pretty miserable for the remainder of that evening. We'd woken yeah. up to thunder. Um, the rain came down pretty quickly after, and then it was just misery for however many hours after that. Yeah, when the the dawn comes, I think you, I think you won the first challenge that next morning. No, no, we, that was the first one. We was didn't the one you lost. finish the last challenge. Oh, was, th- that, was that was that the barrel across the water? Yes. Okay, yes. I, thought, I thought numbers too. Okay, so that was a... finally. I was yeah. That was kind of again like you're thinking that you know what Bozo did like so well the first day they're gonna come out and make maybe they'll be the one that like maybe doesn't lose. But like, you kind of always had to like assume you're gonna at least like lose one or two people, so you have to like, be prepared, but. When you when you lost that challenge, obviously then it comes in, okay, crap, like one of the eight of us has to go. Um, I think from an outside perspective, it was kind of surprising what ended up happening. So kind of like talk us through like how that first vote kind of all came to be and um, what happened there. The first vote was pretty much decided that morning because after we had woken up, I think we collectively knew we were not going to be as strong as we were the day before, just having dealt with the rain the way we did. Um, and Missy woke up super, super defeated. Um, I don't know what it was, but I do recall her saying she was just like, I I can't do this again in that regard. She was like done. I don't think she anticipated that, um, draining her the way it did and yeah. she was very well, I mean, it was it was two very rough wet cold nights in a row yeah. I and mean, so yeah it's you know it, it, it can break anybody she's an absolute beast by all accounts and it, her mindset was i was not physically or mentally prepared to go through that if we win the next challenge i'm in you know i am in as long as we can be in but the second we lose one you know, I'm taking one for the team. She rationalized it as, you know, she had her shot to play, give this to us, really, you know, take it take it as far as you guys can take it, live the experience as best you can. So the pressure of the first vote, um, needing to scramble all that didn't really come into play, um, which was a blessing and a curse, honestly, because I think... I suffered a lot as a result of Missy self-selecting because then all eyes for Reds 3 kind of went to me by default. So uh, already I knew numbers were not on my side. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I kind of agree. I think when I was, whenever Misty was, you know, became the first one voted out of the tribe, I definitely thought that definitely is going to impact you, Jordan, and Francis immediately the most. Um, and even to kind of like knowing how, like, you know, like watching you kind of get close to Misty and kind of thinking the whole like Misty. I think I think I, I think I talked to you in confessional that night before of the kind of like, I saw I saw that kind of like Missy Jason uh, Matt thing coming together. So it looked like it was kind of like. That could be the path. That could be like that could be like the group here that kind of takes and runs with this Bozo tribe. I think seeing that vote happen, I'm like, this kind of changes how I thought the game would go for Bozo, even specifically for Matt here. If it wasn't for Jason's close connection to Missy, I would have felt more dead in the water. But because Jason had aligned himself so closely with Missy, and by default me, that's where I still felt like I had a shot at swinging him over to our three giving us that majority so um was there any because i would have thought this like if if i was close to missy the thought would have crossed my mind at least um was there any thought to potentially like hold her hostage and still trying to use her vote to at least get through like at least give you a buffer like maybe kind of like you know get rid of like melanie and maybe like cam or alex that way you have like you know then then you could dub her and you still have like a solid like three two majority there it, it crossed my mind. Like, what if we don't? What if we just totally ignore her wishes and try to? I mean, selfishly, know, it's her. a strategy. It's like, I mean, you leaving the game is not good for me strategically to win this game. So, like, I need to kind of like figure something else out to do. Yeah, about this. I, I think she had done such a good job at like really emphasizing that it was our time to play. She was going, and to she go, was and genuine. There was like, no, was, and there was obviously yeah. no thing behind it of like is she playing us so that's probably makes it one you know decision easier than the other everybody had fallen into in into line with the idea of voting her out so going against the grain in that regard would have probably just been a bad idea so Suicide. yeah we let it set we let it set foot and um yeah that's sort of um that's sort of had a very big impact for us because that heart and soul of wobozo was gone and we had to somehow muster up the energy to continue to have that energy that we had because yeah. it, it was just gone. And was, was the next challenge to barrel one or you, I think you lost that, you know, you lost that one as well. No, the next challenge was blind leading the blind. Oh, okay. This is where the, the Matt challenge takes effect. Yeah. Takes effect. Listen, if nothing else, I wanted to come in and, and make a lasting memory. Well, it's funny because most people who have won have some sort of like to this day like battle scar. So when that when this, well, I guess we'll we'll tell the story. I don't want to like jump ahead about you know just what happened. Then I'll have comments. So uh, blind leading the blind was a challenge where you had callers leading blindfolded uh, members of your tribe out into the field to retrieve uh, colored blocks, bring them back. Ultimately, it was one of those. Uh, four block stacks where you had to stack it so no color was repeating on any side. Uh, and like, ooh. so I know on, on the show that can be pretty dangerous where like there's like obstacles, there's, you know, men have some very close encounters. Um, but like, I know in survival challenges, we like don't want to like have anyone like seriously injured. So there's no like barricades or like spiky whatever to like walk over. So we're like, okay, as long as no one barrels into someone else, we should be okay. And then of course. Yeah. I thought at worst I would have walked into the lake or run into Brinkley's I think we have. I think we do have spotters. As much as we would agree that that'd be a funny moment to have someone just like blindfoldedly in the wake. Uh, I think we do. We are nice to have someone there to be like, "Hey, you're about to go in the water. Like, stop." But 
but yeah, um, I would have it the other way, but you know. Yeah. So we had we had gone out, and I had uh, I had been timid. I had been like hand out, careful and cautious. Um, I got my two blocks. Jason had only gotten one, I think. When the idea was to each get two, and when I came back, I think somebody said to me, "We're sending you out again." And I thought, oh my gosh, we are really, really behind. So, you know, competitor mode kicks in and I just run like an idiot, blindfolded into the middle of a field, no care in the world about who or what was around me. And uh, I ran right into Jason, who was holding a block at like chest level too. So like it really does, you know, for some, (laughs) it really emphasizes just how short five, seven is in a real world scenario. So I ran straight into it and um, I, I backed, I like backed up pretty hard with the impact and got knocked loopy, felt that I was bleeding a little bit like i could fit the blood metallic taste oh shit yeah yeah i could i could feel the blood dripping onto my hand and jason said stop and then uh i said i'm bleeding and then john in the loudest voice i had ever heard was saying stop stop and it took him a little while because at this point everybody was scattered yelling yeah um but uh you know thank you thank you thank you very much to the emts that were on site um they did the best they could to come over and clean me up and you know yeah i know i met i so i was out for i think i i was prepping something i was i was not there for the actual like impact but i i think i got back i saw this big commotion john yelling and like i think i saw you you were laying down at one point is that where is that I was either. I feel like I, feel like I saw you on the knee. ground. I was like, "Oh no, what happened to Matt?" Like, I I thought he like I thought you probably just like hit something and like maybe like honestly I maybe thought maybe you were unconscious. I don't even know, but it, it, no. looked, it looked bad. From I just saw I saw blood. I saw something on the ground. I'm like, "What the hell happened here?" Yeah, they took the blindfold off, and the yellow shirt was all bloody. It was dripping down my face. All I cared about at that point was did it look cool because I was just like all, all I want entertainment factor entertainment entertainment factor what could i do to make everybody feel good so as long as i was waving um and and healthy i was fine uh, i think the funnier aspect of it was they asked me to sign a release but then blindfolded me before they handed it to me so i didn't know what i was writing uh, <laughs> wait, wait 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 they made you blindfoldedly sign a release of waiver yeah they put the blindfold back on me to be like all right champ get out there and then the emt handed me the release form while i was blindfolded like i literally couldn't find the pen they were handing me so sign um, this thing you can't even read thank you exactly um <laughs> that's great so that was uh, fantastic. I think the most defeating part about it all was watching it back on the live streams and somebody had gone, oh no, like, is Matt Matthew okay? And they said, yeah, well, well Culper got her. And they thought, oh no, I thought it was Brinkley. It's okay. So <laughs> I knew I mean, just I mean, how fair. I, I get that. <laughs> Listen, it probably would have been worse if I ran into Brinkley's thighs. I probably wouldn't have a face. Oh, you'd have, no, you'd have no teeth. Yeah. No, no, I'd have nothing. I'd be gone. Medevac done. <laughs> Medevac by thigh impact. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go! Honestly, arguably a better exit than the one I had. Uh, yeah, a little, a little more, more to talk about there. Um, so, okay, so I think did you did you bounce back from that challenge, or was that it for? 
We ended up getting second place. I mean, it wasn't all a total loss. We avoided tribal. Uh, Okay, so you must have won the next two then. Between that and there's the one where you had to pull across the water. That was the the next challenge. And then the barrel one is the one that I think Wabozo was not the best at. No, the barrel one was the first one of the day. That was the first one of the day. I didn't even get to go because we were... We were right. Not yeah, it was well behind. That. that was the missing um, one. Okay, so, so, yeah, so at some point your second tribal comes up. I guess like kind of like at that point your dynamics is like, did you feel the pressure of like it's me and Jordan or Francis next, or was there still some hope of swinging something else out of that one? So uh, the the tribal we ended up going to was as a result of coming in last on the teeter totter, and earlier in that day I recall. Francis coming up to me and saying, there's something I need to talk to you about. Um, we didn't have the opportunity to break away. I think we're on the way to a challenge anyway. So it was just in my head that something was going on and being talked about. Teeter-totter challenge happens. Uh, we make as good an effort as humanly possible on that uh, rickety, dangerous challenge. Um, and we, we didn't get it done. And as soon as that challenge ended... Um, we were walking to tribal. We were walking to the area to talk. And that's when Francis was able to connect with me again and basically say, Alex had said your name and they're talking about you. And this is where, this is where reality sets in. This is where you think, this is where you see what you're made of when it comes to strategy and reacting and, and handling that pressure. So I had never mentioned anybody's name to that point in terms of a vote. So whatever was happening, I knew I was being targeted in some capacity. And this was the really first like inclination. Up, yeah. yeah, this was the first inclination that I that I had had um, that I was on anybody's radar. So I didn't waste a second going into the holding area and calling Alex and saying, hey, did you say my name? And I knew I had caught him very, very off guard. Um, and he was very quick to say, yes, yes, I did. But you know, that's because Francis came to me and also said your name. So in my mind, I'm getting it from both directions. And I was very confused as to where to lean. So I then, then I went to talk to Francis and Francis did say she said my name, but she's, she started peppering it in with, it was because I thought, you know, maybe I wanted to lead Alex into thinking one way. And she was like, it was two nervous people telling me they had said my name and I didn't know like which nervousness. What, to what do I do with this? Yeah. Yeah. It was like talking to the same person in a way. Um, so I was really, really confused. And all I could tell was that my name was like this topic of conversation. Um, I had done such, I had made such an effort to calm Alex down the previous day. And this continued to be more of that to where I thought, by convincing him that everything was okay and that I was not targeting him for any reason. Like there's no reason for us to have this dynamic right now. Like it's going to be okay. I thought I did a good enough job settling him down to where he could calmly explain to me what was going on. Francis, I didn't get the same level of uh, sincerity with at that time, even though I think truthfully she was, probably telling more of the truth at that point. Um, And I think as a way to avoid the target on me, which everybody else seemed to be considering, at least on original green, um, they were like, 
screw it. Like the wind's blowing in Francis's direction. Let's just put it on her and call it a day. Um, so that's the way that vote ended up happening. But still, like, I felt like I was just a cat withering away the nine lives because I, I was on borrowed time. I felt ever since Missy left. Yeah. Cause so. we, then we kind of fast forward ahead to what would be like the, your last challenge and vote where the twist was, we, I think we called it like the pre vote was kind of like the, you know, uh, idea where basically the three tribes were told, you know, you're going to go into holding areas and you're, and you're going to vote, but then we're only going to, actually eliminate like the tribes that lose this next challenge so in theory you could all write a name down but then that person doesn't actually end up going if, if you guys win the challenge so you all vote you all went back to your little area um at that point well like you had only a couple minutes to kind of really like game plan at that point oh you know you lost missy you lost francis and maybe you're probably i'm sure you're probably thinking like it could be me or jordan next from like the next red to go because now the green has the power so what was your what was your pitch or who were you working at that moment to save yourself? Or do you think they even had to be saved? Or was it just more just kind of like a, I think I'm okay if I can talk to these people and confirm that. At that point, I, I mean, there was again, no time from the Francis vote out to the pre vote. That's, that's like how fast it happened. Just like that. So there's only everything that you have going into that to, to rely on. I knew I still had Jordan. I thought I still had, Jason and I know Jason has said that like if somebody had told him to write my name down a bunch that he would have done it in a heartbeat but I don't think Jason is that type of guy to be able to confidently lie to me and say no I'm not voting for you like I felt like if anybody was similar to me in piss poor lying it probably would have been Jason like he would not have been able to with a straight face confidently tell me that I wasn't going home if if indeed that's where it went so we had the understanding that I think Mel was a big strategist. Let's take the opportunity and get some numbers on her. Plus, I thought I had Alex's trust after everything that just went down. He said he would never say my name again after that or write my name down again after that. He did a very, very good job at convincing me that that was the case. And I also thought that Cam, Alex, myself... Jason and Jordan were a five. Um, and that was from some of the conversations and, and inclinations that I think we had developed throughout that day. So I thought it was going to be a five, you know, a five one on Mel. Um, and Mel already had known that they were going to utilize the extra vote that original green one from the first day fire making challenge on me. I think it was Cam's idea to pull the trigger on taking me out. And now is the time to utilize the extra vote. Um, so Jason, who knew that this existed, failed to recall it, failed to remember it, didn't even take it into consideration when we were having this conversation. And quite frankly, I don't blame him because it had been so much activity from that first day that that one advantage probably, you know, fell off the top of his mind. Um, so Mel was definitely going around to me still making efforts to try and like align with me or work with me in some capacity, which I, I know after the fact she said she did want to do. I just never felt comfortable with her level of thinking to feel comfortable working with her that closely. 
So I think I told her Alex's name uh, just in the wake of everything that happened. Like it would have been an easy name to throw out um, after the Francis vote as somebody we were targeting. Um, she knew I was lying. She knew Alex or she knew Jordan was lying. She knew um, Jason was lying. So she was walking around sitting pretty, feeling confident that that extra vote was going to get played for me. Um, and in order for them to actually pull that move off, they needed to go in and throw the Samotion challenge. Um, and I was so comfortable thinking that we had this locked down for Mel that it was the only challenge that I sat out of. So I had zero control over everything at that point. And I didn't, you know, Jason was so excited to go in there and play Samotion. Mel Cam and Alex were just sitting there like with this maze had like i they got the first one very quickly so it was not as convincing as maybe they thought it was um but they threw it very very successfully and um then every tribe in all their glory were there to read everybody's votes and see every yeah that was an interesting one because usually i'm not behind the voting booth at tribal council um but that one i was like you know i was leading you're kind of like mini tribal council essentially and like Seeing the votes come in, I'm like, oh, I, I think, obviously we knew the, I think, I think at that point we did know that like the extra vote was in Alex's hands. So the, he was, was going to play. So I thought, I saw the kind of votes coming in. I think Alex, maybe, I think he was close to the last person to go, but, you know, I pulled the double vote. I'm like, oh man, it's like, it's Matt. Like it's, that was like first ever. And I, I said, I'm not in that seat ever. So it's like seeing those like the four, three, it was done deal. So I'm like, oh man, if they lose this challenge, like Matt's gone. So that was kind of just like a, you know, really fun moment for me. Um. <laughs> you held that in that whole time, knowing I was doomed. Uh, I know. Yeah. I mean, no, it was, it was, it sucks. I mean, I actually, you know, you're the one of the few that kind of like sort of like knew before the game. So it was like sucky to be the one like, Oh, I'm the one that's to, you know, bear the bad news. Everyone else. I'm going to get that little, you know, production meeting before the next challenge. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's Matt, Denise. And I, well, the other, then the pony was the one that were like, <laughs> what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get to tribal and yeah, the the votes come in you. So obviously you're you're so it was a blindside. So you felt like you're pretty comfortable at that okay. point. I was absolutely blindsided to the point where like when the votes were being read, as second the, the second another vote came out for me, I like was very caught off guard. And by the time it was three three and John was pulling out that seventh vote, it didn't even register me registered to me that it was an extra vote very few i think it did yeah it was just you know we were the third tribe to be read out at that point and uh, obviously with like the consequence of like someone actually going home on that nobody expected it to be that wild i don't think anyone expected an extra vote they were like audible gasps um so despite the fact that i went out that way i was quite proud that i went out uh so dastardly um it was a, i mean it was a fantastic move honestly but between cam mel and alex it was um you know a, a very good play a good use of everything leading up to that between throwing a well, challenge so rarely on survivor do, do we really see the, the so specifically the extra vote truly using to be like the deciding vote and like they're like yeah that wouldn't have I, almost, I, I wonder what would have happened had it not, like, I feel like, I almost feel like at least Cam maybe would have caved and voted out Melanie, or I guess maybe, maybe or maybe Jason defaults back and goes with Green and votes out you as well, so maybe we get the same result, but. I think um, if I had to go back, I would have made the effort to try and target Jason at that point, 
Um, because for me, his sociability was always a factor in me being weary of him because he and I are very similar in that we are very approachable people. We like to put ourselves out there. We like to talk a lot and it's not hard for us to make connections. Um, so he was on my level in that regard in my mind. So I always, I always had in the back of my mind, he would some, he would be somebody in like a merge situation that I wouldn't feel comfortable keeping around for too long. Um, in retrospect, if it was Jason or if it was Mel, um, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, you were definitely one that I think, I mean, I, I would have, I think I probably had you pegged for someone who would maybe be like an, an early jury position. Like I was, I was pretty, I mean, given the way that day went, I wasn't so shocked that that happened that you ended up being that out. But like, I would have thought like, wow, like I would not have guessed, you know, Matt to finish in that 16, 17 slot for the game. For yeah. Yeah. It definitely affects, thanks, Uh, it definitely affects, like, how much strategizing one can do throughout their time in those games, because it's it's natural to want to think two or three steps ahead a lot of the time, Um, when really, if you just pay more attention to the people who are, like, immediately with you, like those bonds could help be more, you could solidify those bonds a lot easier and it could save you in the short term and the long term. Um, so, you know, th- I mean, that's the nature of LRGs, honestly, the speed and the reactiveness that you need. Like yeah. it's not replicating survivor in, in any capacity aside from like challenges in the concept of tribal council. Like it really is a different beast with how quick your mind needs to work. And, um, how much relationships uh, matter. Yeah, I think there's a lot There's a lot that just heavily weighs and like really just, er- maybe not first impressions necessarily, but just like early impressions where, like that was that was my worry for me because I'm someone who, like I'm in like introverts. I'm like, I like just, you know, I need that kind of prolonged time to kind of like build bonds and I like, guess sort of like, you know, sink my teeth in in a way. But like, so I was nervous I wouldn't be able to be as adaptable or like quickly, you know, I'd like, thinking like oh the first time to spend like this day one bond with is gonna be like my ride or die i'm like there's no way i'm gonna accomplish that but then you just yeah you kind of just figure out like okay that that is this game though like it's survivor but it's a different kind of survivor in that you have to be really quick and really adaptable not so much like coming out of the gates like you know building an alliance on like minute five but just like having that mentality of you know taking again just kind of going back to what i said earlier but it's like taking every little second and minute in the game to not feel comfortable just be like you know hey i haven't talked to cam very much at all today i should probably just go try to get something going there versus be like eh, i've got four over here i'm okay it's like you don't know when that kind of outsider outlier person is going to be like the person that sends you home tomorrow so yeah it was a it was a bummer i definitely i mean i got three solid days and a broken face as a result of it so i don't feel like my time was yeah completely well i mean eventful. also the, the you know maybe cooler sometimes hartford i guess maybe others but just with the survival challenge you know you get to like you get out of the game and you just go you start you know you, you get fat you get cleaned up then you kind of just go right back to it and you get like this front row seat to kind of watch yeah. i mean that's a cool thing it's like you're out it sucks but at the same time like you know usually it's like you love survivors so, like there's no there's no closer viewing experience than survival challenge. Just like watching survivor play out in front of you. Oh, so like, it's incredible. It was almost, it was as fun as if you were like still playing because you're, you're viewing this, but you're also viewing it alongside 
like Adam Klein, who's rooting for his yeah. now fiance, and then Rick Devins, who you just played a challenge with, who is also like heavily invested in all this. And then Missy comes back, and then Jason's wife is going crazy for him during the like the the excitement and 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 being able to bond with the other players who are getting voted out as well. Like everything is just as exciting from the second you step in to the second you get voted out to the second you know the winner is red. Um, and, you know, I think we had a fantastic cast. They came to play the moves uh, and challenges that took place after my vote. I'm, I'm envious of the folks who got to partake in them. Um, I think we had a very deserving winner in Matthew Brinkley. Um, everything from start to finish was fantastic. Production was great. Cast was great. Um, EMTs were great. I still look beautiful. I think it's a win-win for everybody. How, do you still have a scar? Is a scar visible? I can't tell on the screen. Is it all covered it's- by your... It's well, I, I there's a reason I have mustaches a lot now. Mm. Um, I took a lot of like gels and stuff to the face for like three months after that, so I think it's okay. Um, but you know, I'm still handsome, there's nothing to worry about. Well, yeah. all right, I'm glad, I'm glad you I'm glad someone jury's out, uh. jury's <laughs> out. But hey, listen, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If there is a second chances, man, there's no one better. Oh god, yeah. Every 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 season it's like one's all stars, one second. Yeah, how and... how much do they bleed? Okay. <laughs> so before any any like other like fun like post game stories or just kinda like, like like for for people for people who like, you know, are worried about like well what happened the first one obviously you said it was like it's just as fun and to be still be there, but I'm sure there's probably some things that go on, you know, post photo that can be memorable in certain ways. Yeah, I mean you're kind of an orphan after you get voted out like there's (laughs) there's there's places to go and shack up but there's really no way to get to those unless you like flag somebody down yeah or unless like some some, like some are there with loved ones some are there just like it's just me so yeah and they go back um i think the night i got voted out i think i ended up going back to uh, the best western with like with (laughs) with you and bryson and we were just playing switch all night um and then um the next day, uh, I was being driven by John, and it was after Denise got voted out. And Denise was like, "I need, to, I, I gotta have a Coca Cola, John. You gotta get me a Coca Cola." So <laughs> I'm in the car with John and Denise, and that's, I think that's, we, her po- that's her drink of choice. That was the drink of choice. Like she, I, could, I wonder, that was, I wonder that was in China too, and like the band of Ponderosa, like. Dude, I gotta get a Coca Cola here, <laughs> John. I gotta get a Coca Cola. Like, no shower. Shower wasn't even like the first thought. Where's my like, Coke? I gotta get a Coke. And then we go to like the convenience store at the gas station, and Denise goes in and she she goes to get her Coke, and John's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna drive away." <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, I'm. Well, this I'm, is the part too where like you haven't really interacted with like John like outside no, game John. At this no, point I have too. no so, like, idea. In, in game, you're very. He's, I mean, he's not like scary, but he's just like you know, he's kind of just like that like stern father. Like, don't piss off John. Like, he's in charge of this whole thing. But then you kind of get yeah, out of it. Like, and you're like, oh, he's kind of he's kind of fun. I'm trying <laughs> to remember the fact that I'm like in my mid 30s in a car with another grown adult, and he's like giggling. I'm gonna drive away and leave her at this gas station. So he merely just drives around the corner. Like, he is still with an eye shot, in my opinion. And Denise comes out of, of the, the store with the Coke, 
like a lost puppy. She has no idea where this car is. I uh, I don't know. And she just starts walking. Like, she knows where she's going. Like, I don't so, well, know I mean, how... Long- I mean, I'm sure she's been to Macomb before. Who hasn't? Haven't we all? But she clearly had a destination in mind. And she was going for it. And, like, I think John was like, I, I should probably go get her now. Because <laughs> we didn't know where she was going. Oh, John, that was good, John. That was good. And, like, you know, water under the bridge. And I'm thinking to myself, this woman would have just been walking in Macomb, Illinois, for days. Had... We not rescued her at that moment. Died in a cornfield. <laughs> no. Denise is, uh, uh, Denise is very funny. Uh, I had a great opportunity, great time talking to her after the fact. Well, didn't it, where, what was her destination at the, that she had in mind? Probably the next gas station to get her second Coke, if I had to guess. Okay. Who knows? Um, Denise could very well still be walking if we didn't. <laughs> Some legend legend says every every Thursday night, if you drive down Jackson Street or whatever it was, <laughs> you can still you can still you can still see Denise Martin looking around asking for Coke or Coca Cola. Yeah, every empty Coke bottle that you find in Macomb, an angel has gotten her, gotten their wings. Um, oh, but no, so it was it was a fantastic post game. It was a fantastic in game. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, if I could make this kind of stuff a, a career, I would. I love playing this game. Love playing it. And I, I encourage do- everybody to get out there and support the LRG community, whether it's Survival Challenge or others. There's so many out there. And I think the more they continue, the more the popularity grows. Uh, you know, there's definitely tough casting pools out there. Diversity is a big um, proponent to all of that. So everybody, if you want, you know, your shot to play a game like Survivor, this is the opportunity. Go out there, apply. I mean, if you've made it like two hours and do a Matt Culper podcast, I would hope there's some sort of fire in you to watch or play in this kind of thing. Otherwise, like, what the hell are you doing here? Sam? If you've made it this far, <laughs> I have a, you know, here's my social. No, uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for listening. Christ, you you had the toughest job of everybody. I actually have had him muted most of the times. So I've been very <laughs> didn't hear I've, a word. I've been I pretty much have been Denise level delirious here. <laughs> well, go have a coke, refresh yourself, wipe it all away. Actually, wait, wait. In the game, if I, I I think this is true, did Denise? Maybe by the time she met you, probably not. But I think she went. I thought I remember her like not owning up to being a survivor initially. Was that? Am I making that up? No, I think you're on on the money. I think because I was like, "Wow, that's some like forty level chess stuff right there." <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm extremely extremely shocked that she thought being in a game with all these survivor freaks, she would go under the radar um, as being unnoticed. And she looks the same. I mean, like, like who does to her? She hasn't aged at all in like sixteen years. Like, I mean, she, she really was, does. She was fooling like, nobody. About, like, a, not a day. Has the passed. Boston accent, like, like Denise, you're the lunch lady. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, she stands out like a sore thumb to begin with, like survivor contestant aside. So like she, uh, I, I think a lot of wishful thinking and, and people bypassing the fact that she was a player, but that didn't go for very long. Right, well, any other parting words or thoughts about survival challenge? I kind of already gave us a kind of like the plug there. To unfortunately, people listening now can't apply for twenty twenty three, but hopefully they'll be 
interested in 2024. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram, the old Facebook, I think. Is that our only social? We have our website, travelchallenge.net. Obviously, there's many, many episodes of Behind the Player, including several like four-hour-long podcasts. <laughs> we have yeah. a lot of content out there if you're looking to deep dive and listen to everybody talk about this amazing experience. I mean, like, I'm still talking about it for, I mean, I'm, this will be seven years since I played. God, it's, Has it been that long? I know, I feel wow. old. Um, back when I was didn't have my icky bones and everything else, I was young. Actually, actually, I think I think I think I'm still the youngest winner at 24. Like no one's been younger than that. Probably just changed after this year. But well, you fixed your hair. It's pretty much the same. I oh, maybe you like, had the like, like mushroom. Oh well, dear God, like yeah. The, and I was I ugh, I hated that last day because there was like that mud challenge and then messed up my hair and then like and all like my post game shots are just like. Can, could someone have given me a brush? I mean, like, I, I think we got the game. They gave us like your like your little calming man to like a little toothbrush. I'm like, I could have gotten like you know some hair gel. If anything. I mean, you I won know. the game. But, Let's leave it at that. You got. I, that's what I'm saying. I need to look. Lord. I need to look like a winner. I don't feel like I looked like a winner at that point. That was my one. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler for anybody who wants to go back in 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 the survival challenge. I know. Bounce. I'm I'm old school now. I really actually I I thought it would be cool if we did have like wait we have enough now to do it like maybe after maybe after ten. Um, to do like kind of like an old school Maine versus like a new school Macomb. That'd be cool. That, that's the name, Maine versus Macomb. <laughs> Maine versus Macomb. That's really good. That's uh, really yeah, good. I think uh, John and Denise should should host that. Just just Denise. I would just yeah. John, just John, Denise. Just yeah. Just it would have to be a fourteen day game. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, I would, I mean, I'd, I'd love to be the Sandra survival challenge. So I, you know, John, if you're listening, I think there we go. There, there's our idea. Maine versus Macomb. Make it happen. I have this weird, I have this weird notion that John like hates me. It's a notion or just, I think he, has he told you that? I feel like. I don't know. He's never told me that. I I hope he doesn't. John, I love you very much. You gave me all this opportunity. No, it's funny. Like I said, like John's very like hard to read in the game, but after the game, you're like, oh, look, you're totally normal and not scary and intimidating at all <laughs> considering what we pulled with denise maybe maybe i'm okay in his book well i mean well, i guess I, I guess he's scary in some ways because i that you know on our production calls and we're kind of talking through games it's funny because like some of the ideas we have like the the new members will be like that kind of sounds kind of harsh and you know, people like more like season like me mike john and andy this burn kind of like sounds harsh what do you mean that this survivor like suck it up <laughs> yes <laughs> We want to suffer. If, if you're not cringing a little bit during production meetings, I don't think you're you're getting the point. Uh, <laughs> no, but John works really, really hard too. Oh my god, yeah, no, it's, I mean, John is well. John's like, you know, I mean, it's without John. I mean, there's everyone's a great part of this team, but yeah, you know, and there's people that kind of come and go each year just for various reasons for you know, not being able to make it every single year out. But truly, like if without John or without you know the Chuckabucks family, those two components, like this survival challenge, could not be what it is. So. You know, no, our, all my our, all my uh, thanks uh, to those folks for for starting such a great experience and, and giving that opportunity to so many for so long. It's um, yeah, it's a great thing. I mean, honestly, do. like, do you think that we'll? I almost feel like we could potentially outlive like the show. I mean, if you know, say like Star makes it to fifty in like two or three years. I mean, I don't, I don't think if, we're calling it 
closing up shaft for survival challenge anytime soon so i don't see why it would i feel like the lrg community in general is hitting its stride because it just gives that opportunity to so many because there are so few who actually get to play these and like right that's if, what's cool and, about survival challenges like yeah, yeah. it's people who maybe some of apply for the show and didn't make it or just saw like you know i don't know if i can do this show but this is like that kind of it gives like for me i mean it's like i you know, when I was younger, I just always assumed, like, oh, I'm going to do Survivor one day and, like, you know, kill it and whatever. I, like, I have to, like, that, I have to do that in my life for it to be complete. But now it's, like, I got the Survival Challenge experience, and I'm, like, I mean, if I if I got the, I, I still apply for the show every year. I mean, if I got oh, yeah. the, you know, final call, like, hey, you're on the flight, you know, book your ticket. Like, I would say yes, obviously, but, like, I, I feel like Survival Challenge gave me, and hopefully gives most everyone else, like, at least what they need, or at least a good chunk of what they need from the Survivor and even I think I mean everyone you talk to, even if whether it be like from like the winter to the first out, I think everyone has something memorable about Survival Challenge. If nothing else, just the you know community that you gain from that. I mean, like it's it's always wild to me because I can look at my phone at any given you know day or time, and like the last like ten text threads, like at least half, if not more, on any given time, or like people I either met through Survival Challenge specifically or just Survivor in general, where it's like I don't even like the people, people who I text are like who did I even text like just this random stuff to like, you know, like five years ago before I even knew them. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I, it's like, you kind of forget like where your life was without this like crazy family and network of people. So that's like, that's always the coolest thing for me is just the, and going back every year and like expanding that family even more. And, you know, finding that like, who's going to be my next, like, you know, new best friend. I have no idea, but that's, that's like the exciting part for me, you know, going back every year. Oh yeah. The network has expanded so much and like everybody in some capacity, is is friends with or, <laughs> or knows somebody who is considered doing one of these at this point um i mean i'll speak for myself i'm convinced i still have an opportunity at the big kahuna one of these days like i am not i i mm. feel like i am ready for 26 days but that's just me um you know whatever uh the, I the almost, case i almost like means- honestly i almost want to like wait till like, if they ever go back to 39 i don't know if i ever will but maybe maybe if like jeff leaves they'll like just try to like rework the show to like what it used to be. <laughs> That's like know. my dream. Like Jeff will have this like big 50 send off and then we'll kind of like just dial back the stuff that he's added the last couple of if, years. If and it'll the be, like, actual game does come to an end at some point, like to me, that just means the LRG community gets that much bigger because it's going to be people thirsting. I think for that so. Show. I mean, yeah. I mean, like at that point, like the only avenue to play like Survivor is to do any of these games. I think, and yeah, probably that's, 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 get I think, way more I think, hardcore. Yeah, that's what I mean. I wish, you know, there are parts that wish we could go longer, you know, time wise, which is obviously it's just hard to, you know, commit. Where I'm at this point, most of us are already at least, you know, taking off a full week if not more yeah. depending on how long you get there before or after so it's just you know timing wise it's difficult plus whenever it's like you know you know and so at least on the show you kind of get a couple grand for appearance fees or whatever but you know it's here it's kind of just all your own it's like a you know vacation so you got to use you know days accordingly but yeah no, I, I, I think i'd yeah, argue I think- that leaving denise stranded at a gas station for a couple minutes is worth a million dollars uh but that's <laughs> so is that bottle of coke <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to keep it too long, man. And we're getting, it's late time on the East coast too, but um, yeah, again, thanks for your time. And thanks for, thanks for just, you know, being a part of survival challenge too. Like I said, it was really fun to kind of get to know you before the game and like then see you play and root for you and then be like, Oh man, he's out. But you know, like you said, Hey, second chances never know. 
That's I I I've tried yeah. to spin that too with like the survival challenge, SC, second chance. It just like there's so many different ways I think these things can go. But that would that season would exclude me, so I would I would want that to be after the other returning one. But if they, they, you, yeah, just make an argument for yourself. I'm sure they'd want you in there. Yeah, like my my second chance. I never got to play an idol, so that there's, there's still like a second chance, like for me to do something. <laughs> yeah, poor you. Let's give them the charity. I, 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 I have a long list of regrets. It's playing an idol, and that's that's a list. That's Thanks it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll get right on that, fella. <laughs> I I just I need that so bad, Matt. Just that one final piece of the puzzle. I oh gosh, you are desperate, desperate. Desperate. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. With that, we will call this a close the episode. Again, thanks for listening. And if you want to check out more, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We have all of our seasons out on YouTube. Um, and hopefully we'll see you in July. See you, everybody. Bye.